Perhaps I never told you how bad it was. Yeah, I went through some struggles for the past, I'd say, many years. And although I've shared some on this podcast with you, I, I don't think I ever got into the details of how bad I really was. And I'm going to do that today from start to finish. This is Microdose U. I am Dr. Dave. Welcome. You're listening to Microdose U Radio on the world's famous KMDU FM Salt Lake City. Watch this. Watch this. Hey there. How are you? Welcome back. I appreciate you being here. You champion you. And you are a champion because you're listening to me. You're trying to make your life better. And I'm going to help you out with it. I promise. Because when I share how bad it was for me, you're going to see, oh man, this, this really can be done. And I know I've got a lot of listeners that think that oh dr dave is special in some way and he's just his life has been so good and he's talking about microdosing but it never really was as bad as mine well you be the judge because i'm going to share as you know i am a retired dentist so i was in a profession that i really never uh, was passionate about never really loved and um, from there i went on to become a um, internationally known speaker in the profession of dentistry i spoke all over north america to audiences large and small about how to improve your dental practice um, um, anything you can do in dentistry to make yourself happier here i was teaching people how to become happier in their profession and I was a mess and when I say a mess I I'm sure at this point looking back I had some type of social anxiety and which means it was it was sometimes difficult for me to be around people and talk for especially for a long period of time and and here I was a speaker and not only a speaker on stage and um, I enjoyed that that was fun um, definitely a lot of anxiety came along with that but when you're finished speaking on stage in most cases you get off the stage and the people in the audience want to speak to you they want to say hi they want a picture with you they want to ask you questions and so it turns out to be like a full day of immersing myself in with other people non-stop can't get out of it very difficult especially for somebody like me who again um some social anxiety there and and I felt like my heart was always in a, a fight or flight mode whenever I was either speaking on stage, speaking to other people, on a video conference, on a phone call, meetings. I was never relaxed. I could never get myself into that um, parasympathetic mode where, you know, you just you kick back and relax. My, my heart was racing and I felt like this just this fight-or-flight response like all day long and I knew that that was not good for my body but at that point what could I do I didn't I didn't know what to do about it and as it got worse I remember I didn't really seek this I was in Maryland I did not seek the advice of a um, medical professional back there but what I did go I went into my local weed shop I, I got my medical marijuana card went into my local weed shop and asked the people back behind the counter hey what can I do for anxiety and they gave me some tablets. They gave me some THC tablets that were five milligrams. That was kind of the equivalent of microdosing, I guess. And I would take these THC tablets. I remember like before I'd get on stage, after I'd get off stage, before I'd go into a conference, I, I, I would be taking these things like basically all day long to make myself a little bit more relaxed. And did they help? They helped a little bit. They, I, you know, they, they were okay, but they were not a long-term solution. I remember one time I was doing a very small conference with just a handful of people that were coming into town to speak to my brother and speak to myself. Um, and again, in the profession of dentistry. And somehow in the morning, 
I just felt like I was, um, how can I describe this? I just felt uh, dizzy, weak, uh, scared, uh, anxious. And I had to go back into my hotel room and, and down a couple of these THC tablets because of the um, anxiety that I had. This was severe anxiety coupled with anxiety attacks, panic attacks. I just knew things were getting worse and I did not know what to do about it. So my wife and I moved to Utah for a change. I grew up on the East Coast, lived on the East Coast my entire life. And we both needed a change. We wanted to change. We, we love the mountains. We love the outdoors. We love the snow. We love the sports that go along with snow. And we just felt like a, a lifestyle change was something that would be really good for us. So we pretty much packed up some of the things we owned. We gave away, donated, and sold almost everything, almost everything else. Um, packed what we could into our little RV and into a little um, U-Haul pod and moved out to Salt Lake City, Utah. Became very minimalistic. We tried not to own a lot of things. We tried just to make our lives as simple as possible. And it was things were really, really good. And we really loved the move that we made. However, the anxiety did not melt away. And I, I wasn't sure whether it would or not. I mean, we wanted this lifestyle change no matter what. But the anxiety was really not melting away. As a matter of fact, it was getting worse. And again, I, I just, I was at a loss. I didn't, I didn't have any doctors yet in Utah. I didn't know what to do. But I remember one evening, I'm laying in bed, and not evening, that wouldn't be fair, it was morning, it was like more like 2.33 in the morning, I had this crazy feeling, I woke up in the middle of the night, crazy feeling that um, I just wasn't feeling right at all. I went downstairs and took my blood pressure, my blood pressure was extremely high, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was somewhere around like 190 over 190. 10 or 120 something that they say when you if you ever experience anything like this you go right to the emergency room so i woke my wife up i said hey yoko you've got to take me to the emergency room and she said why and i said because my blood pressure is sky high and i'm scared to death so they were able to get it down but the bottom line is i needed to do something with my life and i needed to fix this because i just could not keep going this way this was a, like a death sentence for sure and i knew if i didn't do anything at all within a few years i'd probably be dead I found myself a really good primary care physician along with a psychiatrist. And I work with my healthcare professionals. And my primary care doc immediately got me tested for obstructive sleep apnea, which I had. And I got put on a CPAP machine. And that started making things a little bit better for sure. But that would take about at least a year and a half for me to learn how to tweak that and really make it right. Because the first, the first year to year and a half with that was really not working well. But I ultimately got that fixed up, and I, I immersed myself in that whole culture, and I learned all about it, and that started working really well. On the other hand, I went to my psychiatrist, and we did some talk therapy, and he immediately put me on some pharmaceuticals. And I don't even remember exactly what he put me on, because we experimented with so many different pills. It, it was just frightening how many different pills I had for anxiety, depression, this and that. And by the way, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm, it's a little bit of background noise, maybe a lot of background noise, but I'm trying my best. I'm, I'm in a studio, which is not in my home and I'm traveling right now, but I had this, I just have to share this with you. I just had this feeling come across me. This I, I've got to share this with people. I've got to share this with my people. So bear with the sound. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. I can't tell these people to be quiet. They're doing their jobs, <laughs> but hopefully it's okay. 
So I was on so many different pills for anxiety and depression, like I just said, and I would always carry like a little, like a little container in my pocket. And I remember whether I was driving and had driving anxiety, I would pop a couple of pills for that. Whether I was hiking or skiing or camping, this is, this is true. I had like, I had like a different pill for each activity that was going to bring me anxiety. And you would say like, well, Dr. Dave, why would you have anxiety when you're skiing or that's supposed to be peaceful or while you were camping? My answer is, I don't know. Everything I did made me anxious. And I spent a lot of time on the sofa at home in the middle of the day or in bed sleeping. My life was a disaster. It was horrible. It got to the point where I was always on something. I was, I was put on Lexapro, 20 milligrams every single day, but sometimes I had to take Valium to um, add to that because I had so much anxiety when I woke in the morning. I, I, I needed something to get through the day and, and the Lexapro just wasn't cutting it sometimes, so I had to add something to that. And I knew again, even though I was working with doctors, I was on medication, I knew that this was not a way for me to get through my life because this was dangerous. I mean, I'm not the type of person that likes to be on pharmaceuticals all day, every single day to control anxiety and depression. And again, I, I want to make it very clear. I don't have anything at all against pharmaceuticals. I'm not against them. Um, they play a, a very important part of our healthcare lives and they're, and I would never say they're bad. However, a lot of pharmaceuticals, such as the ones I was on, were, were not cures. They were just, they were masking the problem and maybe sending more serotonin to my brain to make me feel better, but they weren't really taking care of the problem. And that was very concerning to me because I'm, I've been healthy all my life. I've been a backpacker, a marathon runner, a skier, and health has always been super important to me. I, I, I always try to eat properly. I, I try to get the right amount of sleep, and I was trying to do every single thing I could to live my best life possible, but this stuff just wasn't working, guys, and I was getting worse and worse and worse every single day, and I knew that, again, like I, I said, I knew if I just continued on the path I was going, popping these pills for every time I had to get in the car and drive or ski or do something, uh, it wasn't going to end well at all. I just knew it was not going to end well. So that's when I turned to plant medicine. And I did a little bit of research and I started getting into psilocybin, magic mushrooms. I didn't really try any other psychedelics. I, I just felt like psilocybin was the one for me. Don't ask me why exactly, because a lot of people talk about MDMA and LSD and ayahuasca and, and you know, more and more things. But for some reason, the idea of, of consuming magic mushrooms just really, really resonated with me. And almost from the start, when I dosed my first medicine, that very first day, I knew that I was onto something that was going to work and make me feel better. Now remember, I had been dosing all kinds of pharmaceuticals and I never had that feeling that they were really making me better. But from the first time I started using magic mushrooms, I just felt some type of feeling inside of me that this is what I've been looking for I found the right thing, it's going to work, and it's going to make me better. And the rest is history, because you know, if you've been a listener to me for a while, you know the rest is history. I've told you my stories, and I've told you how well they worked for me, but I never think I really got into this much detail on why I used, why I started using plant medicine, how bad it really was. My life was quote unquote really good, but I was anxious and depressed as hell. And that's not a good formula. And you might ask, why? Why was I? Why did this anxiety creep in? Why did the depression creep in? 
The only thing I can say to that is looking back now, after several years of being a microdose of Magic Mushrooms fan, I think I was living a life that was not true to me. I got into the profession of dentistry that really did not resonate with me, but I didn't know what to do, so I just kept going with the program. I opened up my own dental practice. That, But as good as it was, that wasn't really working for me because I didn't love it. And I would go into work every single day, kind of like, you know, talking to my patients, having a good time. And I loved my patients, don't get me wrong, but I just did not like the idea of having a schedule, doing the same thing every day, worrying about craziness, insurance, uh, treatment plan presentations whether people would accept them or not it was just owning a practice is very difficult believe it or not it's it's not a guaranteed path to success and wealth and and even if it were i wasn't loving what i was doing so there, that's that can only last so long then i went into speaking and and writing and and marketing and and, and you know being a lecturer to other dentists all over north america and as good as that was and don't get me wrong it was wonderful but with my personality with my I guess, you know, some component of social anxiety, being around people all day, every day on the stage became very, very difficult. And I really think that's what threw me into the fight or flight mode, more than, probably more than anything else. Yeah, dentistry definitely did, but the, what I just described probably threw me into fight or flight mode more, more than anything else. It got so bad that even if sometimes I was talking to a friend, say I got together with my next door neighbor and we had a 15 to 20 minute chat, you know, over the, over the, over the fence, um, my heart started racing and I started feeling flush and bad. That's how, that's how bad it got guys. So I just wanted to, I think that's, there's probably a lot more that I'm not even pulling up. It's probably just like, um, hidden somewhere in my memory banks because I probably don't want to even think about it. But that, that's how bad it was. But that's what I did to take the bull by the horn and start using magic mushrooms, psilocybin, plant medicine to totally not only take care of my problem, reverse it and get me feeling better than I've ever felt in my entire life. And as I sit here recording this, I'm about to embark on a two and a half week little trip back east to visit friends and family and get together with the people that I really love. Not that there aren't, not that there aren't those in Salt Lake City because there are, we've made a bunch of friends and we've got people that we hang with and we absolutely love in Salt Lake City. But I still want to get back to my roots every once in a while. My mom is back east. But now when I go back and talk to people and get together with people and do the things that I used to do that caused a tremendous amount of anxiety, I float through it and there's no anxiety whatsoever and I feel really good about being with people. Not that I, you know, again, I'm still the type that, it's, it's not that I have social anxiety, but I still like to spend a lot of time by myself and, and do things on my own and, and with my wife, but even by myself, I'm just, that's been my personality all my life and you can't fight it. If that's the way you are, that's the way you are. And I, I really embrace my time alone and go flying alone and going out to eat alone sometimes. I, I love that. It, I'm very, very comfortable being by myself and doing the things I love by myself. So again, if that's the way you are, if that's what you're, it's in your DNA, you can't fight it and you can't just say, okay, I'm gonna be around people all day, every day, and it's not gonna work for you. It won't work and you're gonna go into the fight or flight mode the way I did over over a long period of time, over a, probably over, when I look back over decades, I was in a fight or flight mode. And if you think that's good for your heart, if you think that's good for your blood pressure, if you think that's good for your mental health, then you should not be listening to this podcast because let me tell you, it is really, really dangerous. 
I think I shared enough. I wanted to get back into this history. I hope this helps you. Again, I'm always available to answer questions. I've got four very important links in the show notes every time I do a show, which by the way is every Wednesday and every Friday a new show gets published. I always give you four very important links to check out in the show notes. One of them is my email address where you can reach me and you can ask me questions. I will tell you this, if I try my best to answer simple questions, if your situation is much more involved and it's much more than a simple answer, I do recommend that we get on a Zoom call and just chat a little bit because that's the best way to help you out one-to-one. I work with a lot of people one-to-one and it seems to work really, really well for these people. We also have a private Facebook group. Follow the link in the show notes and if you need the passcode, the passcode is simply free pass. Um, that's where we answer a lot of questions. In between shows, we've got a great group. I think it's over like over 1,300 people now, like-minded people like you and like me. We all help each other out in between shows. So again, follow that link in the show notes and you're going to need a passcode and it's free pass. I hope this helps you. I figure, like, I'm a human being. I want to share my story. My story has not been good, necessarily, but as they say, it's a very, very happy ending, at least up till now, and everybody loves a happy ending, right? Okay, we're going to end it today. Guys, I love you. I truly feel you from the bottom of my heart, and I do love you. I would not say that. I've got no reason to say it if I did not mean it. So, love coming from me. I'm Dr. Dave. This is Microdose U. I will see you next time.